Happy holidays from 30 Rack of Sports. Guys, it's not quite the holidays anymore. No. no. A little bit it's after. It's like a Fas- week. Fashionably, fashionably late. late. Fashionably late, as we always are. Yeah. Uh, this time with our holiday episode. Guys, I brought a special treat. The BrewDog Ooh. Advent Calendar. So it's 24 beers and ciders from BrewDog. BrewDog, they're the big players up in Columbus. They are the big players. So they're actually a worldwide brewery. They were started in Ellen, Scotland. They actually have four main brewing locations around the globe. They yeah. have one in Scotland. Scotland. Uh, Scotland. In 2016, they opened up their American HQ in this place called Columbus, Ohio. Not sure Never heard of it. it. Oh. Never heard of it. I think they also have a, like a hotel up there, yeah. which is very yeah. cool. And then they opened one in Berlin, Germany, and have just recently opened one in Melbourne, Australia. Damn. Man. Yeah. So, that Columbus Hotel is awesome. Yes. And they also have, so some of you may be like, well, I've heard of BrewDog here and there. Their main brewing facilities in Columbus and their American HQ, but they actually have a lot of tap houses around. Pretty much all of their tap houses in the U.S. are in Ohio or Ohio adjacent areas. So, like, I think there's one in, like, Pennsylvania, mm. one in West Virginia, you know, Indiana, but they, all basically in this area. They have given Ohio a gift and just investing BrewDog into Ohio, and now BrewDog is our gift Why here on Why do they pick Rack. Ohio? Oh, because Ohio's awesome. Well, know, Ohio's the heartland of America. I know, but America. if you're from Scotland. The way we're going to do this today is there are 24 beers for the 24 days of December. We are each going to get three the way it's going to be decided, random number generator. We each get a number. You pick the beer out of that. There are all kinds of BrewDog beers. And so, like I said, there are a few like ciders, seltzers. There are stouts, porters, wheats, imperials, yeah. pilsners. I've had a few. There. I like everything. Some. And they I got know, that Elvis juice. Yeah. They, big they, fan of the Elvis they juice. Have, I know they have some Elvis juice in there. Uh, if you're a big fan of, you know... Columbus's hockey team, they have Cannon Blast, which is, a, which is a big beer around there. So Figure let's generate some numbers. I think Zach should go first. We He's the let, eldest. Yeah, we should let Zach go first. Zach, yeah. random number between 1 and 24, you get number 7. Woo! We got to pull it out. So number like, 7 right there. It? Just punch it. Let it go through. I don't know how easy this is going to be to rip off. Might have to take it out and post. Oh, pretty easy. Oh, what does he get? Santa Paws. Santa Paws. Oh. Uh, all right. Cranberry Grapefruit IPA. Down. I'm down. I'm down. He got a Cranberry it. Grapefruit IPA. So Dude. we'll talk about our first beers a little bit more in our first beer segment. But uh, just to get them out of the way and ready to go. Um you know what? While we're doing this also, I have a little open for the rest of us just to introduce our hosts. With the new year, I wanted to make sure we all had some New Year's resolutions. So oh, boy. The uh, Opinions was picking out his first beer, Santa Paz. His New Year's resolution is to have inputs on all big sports in Ohio, <laughs> which includes, you know, maybe a few that he doesn't quite watch as much in hockey hey, and soccer. Hey, hey, hey. Zach? <clears throat> That's all honestly fair. I can't even get mad about that. There you go. <laughs> Uh, next up in our random generator is Man on the Ones and Twos, a guy who I really feel like this is an attainable resolution for him. Once again, want to be you know smart goals, Fair. attainable, uh, to be on time for more shows this year, which should be pretty easy. Since I, I we, hope since we moved the uh, you know 
moved the studio to his place. So that's Josh. Josh, how are you feeling about that resolution? I think that I think uh, that's uh, permissible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hundred bucks says he's at least late once, and we're just like chilling here <laughs> yeah. with Greta or something yeah. at uh, some uh, point. I, <laughs> I would <laughs> bet on that. <laughs> All right, Josh, your beer is. Number some, 17. Whoa. Whoa. I hope it's a seltzer. <laughs> I hope it's not. What does Josh get? Oh, man. What'd you get? I got Mistletoe Mafia. Ooh. Vienna style lager. Mistletoe Mafia. Mistletoe Mafia, the Vienna style lager. And then, guys, as a talent, my name's Greg. I, I, you know, I wanted to make sure in this new year that I was nicer to my two wonderful co-hosts. So once I find two wonderful co-hosts, I'll make sure uh, to be nicer to them. Boo. Boo. Did us I'm dirty there. Two Did wonderful co-hosts here right next to me drinking Krampus. some very nice <laughs> beer. So I'm interested to see what I'm going to get. My number is number 11. 11. 11. Double ones. Twinsies. Double pennies. That's that's Zach's uh, former Twitter handle. Uh, hashtag twinsies. Hash, at hashtag. Yeah, at hashtag. At hashtag. Hashtag twinsies. Yeah. There was a hashtag and then hashtag was written out. I like to make it complicated. Stay I did. Off, I didn't know. I didn't know what Twitter. I was late to the game and what was like 2011. Ooh. Ooh. He says ooh. 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 As you guys know, trying to watch the weight in the new year. Oh. Yeah. So I got the light speed. 99 calorie hazy IPA. Oh, nice. Wow. So a little bit of IPAs for the boys. Not quite anything off the wall, but we've no. still got several beers coming up. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about BrewDog and, uh, the, and our beers in just a second. But guys, there wasn't just a whole lot of beer over the holidays. There was a lot Football. of news too. Oh, all right, guys, happy holidays once again from us at 30 Rack of Sports as we roll into the new year. The holiday, uh, the holiday season was a roller coaster of emotions for most Ohio fans. Oh, no. Having some highs and lows, unless that person is me who just really got to enjoy all the lows of the holiday season. Oh. <laughs> uh, starting in college football, the biggest games of the season took place on New Year's Eve with a spot in the college football playoff on the line. The Cincinnati Bearcats took on Alabama in the Cotton Bowl and unfortunately fell short of their goal, dropping the game 27-6 to to the Crimson Tide. The offense was unable to get anything going with just 6 points and 218 total yards. The defense kept the Cats in the game until a couple of fourth-quarter scores by the Tide helped them pull away and advance to the championship, where they will get to face UGA in a completely uninteresting that final was, if that you're was... outside of SEC territory. Hey, the UC looked way better than Michigan. Oh, yeah. Than oh, yeah. God. Yeah, like. She's going to look like trash. Yeah, that was just. But, Zach, over, what? New Year's Day did wow, provide some respite as the Buckeyes got a huge come from behind 48 45 Rose Bowl victory behind some huge performances on offense. The Buckeyes found themselves in a deep hole down multiple scores after the first half but were able to come back even without their top two receivers thanks to a record-setting 347 yards and three touchdowns Absurd numbers. by Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. That game was ridiculous. And also, kind of lost in all this, Marvin three Harrison touchdowns by Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr., who had six catches and three touchdowns, had five catches in the entire season coming up to that point. 
So uh, the Buckeyes look to springboard into next season off this win, though there are some defensive issues that may need to get worked out, which we'll probably hey, mention later. $2 million. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the NFL gridline, or the NFL gridiron, where the two weeks came and went with two very different results for the Ohio teams. Uh, for the Bengals, a huge record-setting game by Joe Burrow helped in dismantling the shorthanded Ravens in Week 16, while a record-setting performance by Jamar Chase helped to spring the upset for the Bengals over the Chiefs, winning 34-31 on a late field goal to clinch the AFC North and get their first division title and playoff berth since 2015. The Browns, on the other hand, were hanging around in the playoff chase before dropping a heartbreaker in Green Bay on Christmas 24-22, thanks to four turnovers by Baker Mayfield, and dropping the ball on offense in a completely meaningless yet disappointing 26-14 loss to the Steelers on Monday night. The regular season wraps up Sunday in a less-than-interesting Battle of Ohio that will feature both backup quarterbacks and stakes only in seeding for the Bengals and avoiding the 16th double-digit loss season and 16th last-place finish in the division since coming back in 99 for the Browns. The Allen and the gang. A lot of fun. <laughs> uh, to the winter sports, where the holidays provided little to none in that area, thanks to a lot of postponements and cancellations due to COVID. In the NHL, the Jackets returned from a two-week break on the 30th, getting a nice win in Nashville before dropping two straight to start the new year, giving up 14 goals in two games and blowing a 4-0 lead versus Carolina on Saturday. The early yeah, feel-good story... There's a slippery story, slope out there on the ice. Yeah, the early feel-good story of the Jackets now sit at 15-15-1, five points out of the playoffs. In the NBA, the Cavs had to play several games shorthanded due to health and safety protocols, dropping four out of five to end the calendar year before taking another blow at the guard spot, finding out that backup point guard Ricky Rubio would miss the rest of the season with an ACL injury. With the second guard being lost to the season due to a knee injury, the Cavs made a move to acquire Rajon Rondo from the Lakers for the rest of the season. Rondo! Um... With, uh, that should have just been the end of the segment. With the Cavaliers <laughs> getting back to full strength, or at least as much as they will have for the rest of the season, they now sit at 21-17 and 17 in the sixth seed. And finally, the college basketball, where most games the last two weeks have been postponed or canceled due to COVID. Uh, many teams are just getting restarted in the new year. The Buckeyes were able to shake off the rust against Nebraska ball, uh, holding on to an 87 79 overtime win in Lincoln. The Bearcats started off much too slow, dropping their AAC opener to Tulane. Some other notable numbers from Ohio. OU and Miami sit as two of the three undefeated in the MAC through just a couple of the, couple of games. Cleveland State is tied atop the horizon at 3-0. The Musketeers sit at 1-1 one one in the Big East and hope to get back to basketball after two straight postponements. Friday, Hinkle versus Butler. And the Flyers finally opened A-10 basketball tonight at BCU after a couple of cancellations. Guys, those are your long-winded OH headlines. OH. As we mentioned in our open, we're doing a little BrewDog Christmas advent calendar. So we've got, we've each gotten our uh, first beer of the show. Uh, I am enjoying the Lightspeed Hazy IPA. Uh, Zach, what are you enjoying? I got me a um, 
cranberry grapefruit IPA. A little Santa, Santa Paws. Santa Paws. And then a little uh, mistletoe. It almost sounds like yeah. mistletoe mafia. I misspoke earlier. It is a festive Vienna style. Oh, festive. Excuse me. Pardon. <laughs> so thoughts on thoughts on the Santa Paws. Actually, I like the Santa Paws. Uh, it's real good. That little cranberry plays off the grapefruit. A little playful. I like it. Um, then it still has that little IPA bite at the end there. But definitely, uh, it feel it feels weird drinking it now. Definitely feels like a great Christmas beer though. Yeah, yeah. Fits um, right in. The light speed I feel like is almost more of like a summer beer. You get like that citrusy flavor. It's almost mm. you know it's that hazy you know like New England IPA kind of flavor. Yeah. Some hops, but not kind of that bite of hops. Just kind of that like subtle amount subtle, of hops. Yeah. A nice citrus. I think it's honestly a grapefruit flavor too. Yeah. And so you know some nice citrus grapefruit, but. Overall, you know, it's a nice, it's honestly a light beer. It's one of those, if you like to probably kick them back and drink IPAs, this is probably a really good one. You know, it's fairly light for what it is, mm-hmm. low calorie, and it goes down really smooth. How about the uh, the Misfit Mafia? or Mistletoe, no, mistletoe Mafia. mafia. <laughs> Misfit <laughs> Mafia. I'd love to see that. Um, <laughs> you should produce a Christmas movie next year. Which, call it Misfit Oh, that'd mafia. be dope. I like that. Uh, but this is great, and I actually am kind of glad I got this one because I myself did a uh, the a Godfather journey. of Giving. It says on the can. Oh wow! Yeah, I see that the Godfather of Giving. That's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's very good, very on style, uh, great malt flavor, and I'm glad I got this one because I personally did a uh, a German import advent calendar mm-hmm. uh, this year, and this tastes something like those. straight yeah. out of there. Very authentic, very on style. This is really good. I don't get what's it's it's just a Vienna style lager. Nothing festive about it really, but I wanna on the side of the Santa Paws it says fire cracks and snow tracks. That just sounds like a, a hip hop album. This is what this yeah. looks like to me right now. <laughs> yeah, and That's then they, Santa Paws. They have uh, fire cracks and snow tracks, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> on the light speed they have fast beer for a slow universe. Ooh. Oh, so man. the you know, the cans, I mean, all yeah, look very great. different. The other thing that's kind of interesting is your two beers are like just silver cans with the label on it. Yeah. Mine is actually like it's a full. Yeah, I thought that a was full label. Yeah, they got they they spent some money on your can. Yeah. Yeah, you they you must it be up. A, you must be a, a seasonal. You must be a seasonal. Oh uh, yeah. Ours are just for this package, I think. But the God, I like this little. I hope they all have the little uh, secondary little label on them. The Godfather of Giving. Yeah. Uh, fast beer for a slow universe and. What was yours again, Zach? <laughs> Fire cracks and snow tracks, which I love. I love that. Might yeah. get that tattooed on my forearm or something. People are like, what does that mean? Well, speaking speaking of cracking, guys, should we get cracking on some uh, football? Yeah. <laughs> we'll have plenty of time to discuss some more brew dogs, but guys, let's get into some segments. Talk uh, the big bull season while drinking some brews. We're doing, I believe this is kind of a new segment. It's just called Crack One Open as we're drinking, you know, several beers here from Brewdog. Uh, kind of a more general discussion about bowl season. Uh, you know, one of our, I guess only our second pod since bowl season has started. Uh, you know, first since all of the big bowl games. So starting, as we mentioned earlier, with the, the big game, college football playoff, uh, Bearcats lose 27 to 6. Um, game was 17 to six going into the fourth quarter. Uh, I would just say starting off the real issue, I think that 
doesn't really surprise anyone when you score six points was the offense. Um, you know, six points. But if you look deeper into their offensive production, it, it looks just as dreary. If you take their, uh, you know, eight drives that they had in the first three quarters, because the last two were kind of in garbage time, uh, the first of each half, those averaged 12 plays, 58 yards, five minutes of possession. Both ended in field goals. Solid drive, just couldn't quite right. finish it. Uh, the other six drives were five three and outs, uh, no drive netting more than six yards, none taking more than two minutes and 11 seconds off the clock. Uh, the one that wasn't a three and out was that six-play, four-yard drive at the end of the half where they kind of moved forward and then moved backwards and just threw a, a Hail Mary. Uh, the total net yards on those six drives was one yard. Uh, and then from the defensive side, you know, we thought they were going to throw the ball around. They kept Bryce Young pretty much in check. You know, only had 181 yards. Yeah. Did have three passing touchdowns, but two were kind of short ones. Uh, but allowed, you know, almost eight yards to carry by Robinson, 204 yards, over 300 yards rushing. Rush defense ended up, you know, really killing them. But mostly it was just not getting the offense started. You know, 17-6 going into the fourth quarter. You got to score if you want to win. I hope LSU fans are excited about that offense coming down to the bayou. <laughs> right, that's what I was well, laughing. It's not like LSU was ever had any offensive like play I mean, calling or no, I know. I just thought, I mean I, Zach Mettenberger. I wanted to throw that in there. I thought that was uh, hilarious. That Brian Kelly's been struggling uh, yeah. on that trail. Yeah, it wasn't surprising. I mean, I thought the offense was going to be the problem. Um, thought they'd get a little more than six, though. You know, maybe get a touchdown here or something. Kind of even just a freak play. Of sorts, but well, that's what that's what I mean. It's very vanilla. Yeah, there was no very vanilla of an off. Gadgets, no. Options, yeah, and I mean, if you look at it, you know, the two breaks that I think could have gotten them the score touchdown. One was that you know, I mean, I guess the first drive, there was the tip pass that would have been a touchdown if it wasn't tip. The second mm -hmm. pass that was a drop by Pierce, and then. I think it was the second quarter where the uh, Alabama punt returner fumbled the ball and recovered it. Oh, zone God, four. yeah. You know, if if that changes, it's you know, 17 to 13 at half. And, you know, you're looking at, even if it's a 24, 27, 13, no one's quite saying they were blown out. Like, some people are kind of, you know, manhandled like they said yeah, they were. So. I don't think they Although were. I felt like it was a much closer game than even the score. I don't think they were manhandled. I thought the play calling and the game plan was just, like I said, generally unimaginative i mean they you're it, going in there with house money yeah and you when you see other teams who do either play these teams hard or pull off a win it's see a few trick plays you kind of just let guys play loose we're just gonna chuck it and run and yeah and i think it seemed very buttoned up like they were playing tulsa or something it was very weird yeah and i think you know when you're playing in a game like that where you're you know 14 point dogs and i think yeah. You know, roughly the way the game went, I think they lost by 19. You know, you, you you expected them, based on how the entire game went, that they would lose by about 14. Mm -hmm. I think if someone just showed you everything, you'd be like, yeah, probably about that right. much. But, you know, you got you to gotta find a way to sneak a couple points past. You know, whether it's, you know, one of those fun fake punts or like the Boise State hook and ladder or just yeah. something. And there was nothing really going on anywhere, you know. No. And... A lot of like pretty obvious passes. Alabama was ready for everything that they were gonna do. Nothing and then 
Yeah, no, nothing. They they wouldn't run the ball with no, Ritter. They, they wouldn't get him out of the pocket when he kept getting passes to. Runs, yeah. They came out of halftime on that first drive. They gave him two design runs, and I know on the first one he took off for nearly ten yards. Uh, and the second one he got a first down. Yeah, but that was it. Yeah. That, I don't think it happened again after that, and not at all in the first half. And you're saying about like getting him out of the pocket, out of the pocket, and some creativity. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just all like very textbook, very standard. And, like, the first drive, you were running the ball down their throat, and then you decided to throw the ball three times from the nine-yard line. Yeah, I, it's, it's right. stuff like that. Weird stuff. bewildering to me. I, like you said, though, Zach, they didn't get blown out. No. They, and they were playing with house money. And when you look at what that money is, Alabama's football budget is $58.5 million. Uh, That's a lot. Football budget <laughs> this year is $15.8 million. That's substantially less. Yes. <laughs> So to only lose by 21 in the national playoff semifinal where the average yep. margin of victory is 21 and to be only the third team this season to hold Alabama to 30 points or less. Mm-hmm. I mean, the defense played great, I thought. I mean, especially when you said all the three and outs, they were back yeah. on that field constantly. Oh, yeah. Trudging yeah, out there. Yeah. Yeah. You could tell that. Yeah, I mean, the, the trenches, run. The trenches, which is kind of. You expected that, though. If you actually watch college football and are smart, not insane person. Yeah. Well, no. Honestly, if you had to, if you had to say one weakness about this team, it would be some, you know, at times they couldn't force the ball down the field too much, which they were having some trouble. But two, even in, you know, like the Tulsa game, when there was a good running back that was running right up the middle, that was the one thing that worried me when I thought they were probably going to play Georgia, mm-hmm. was a good running game they struggled with. But I you know, based on what I had seen out of Alabama's offensive line and whatnot, and Robinson, you know, I was able to get healthy during the month off. Yeah. But what I had seen out of Robinson the last few weeks, I didn't think they were going to be able to do that. So I figured it was going to be a lot of young throwing the ball down the field. And you saw that on the longer routes, you know, a couple times he was able to escape the pocket, but it was a lot of, you know, throwaways or tough passes. I mean, he even got picked once, and he could have gotten picked right. another yeah. time or two. <laughs> so, you know... The offense and the running, you knew it was an issue, and, and Alabama was able to was basically able to do their entire game plan, which is they just I guess, wear them what down. you they expect, right? yeah, what you expect for a Nick Saban offense. Yeah, but I mean, as far as offenses go, and I was back and forth on this throughout the season. Um, Ohio State's offense is is the best offense in college football this season. I mean, to put up the numbers, their defense, not so much. And I always come back to that with this team is you shouldn't have to put up the kind of numbers that you're putting up. But, boy, what an offensive performance from the Buckeyes in one of the best bowl games I've watched in a long time. Yeah, I think the one thing that really, uh, you know, kind of showed how the game went, at least until the end, you know, it's tough to see Cam rising for for Utah, you know, go out late. Right. Uh, Glad to see, you know, he's generally okay. Uh, But... What there was something like four or five touchdowns in like four minutes of game time. I was, was going to say, I know there's at least three in 50 seconds. Yeah, I think there, there was, was the kick return and then, yeah. Yeah, I the, think there was like. Uh, I mean, even in real time, you could hardly get up. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Look away. No, you couldn't look away. It was, it was, <laughs> that I mean, was a I wild no, game. Nobody puts up those kind of numbers. No. In, and I think that it's time to, I think people around Columbus, your 11 Warriors and such, people in yeah. the region Shout know. Out. Know, know this, but I think it's time to put some more rec- national recognition on year in and year out. The wide receiver room in Columbus is just 
insane. Oh, bonkers. and and it finally today, Brian Hartline got some recognition. It was uh, the football scoop named him their uh, wide receiver coach of the year. Well, I mean, they're just be. putting up cheat code numbers out there. So oh, he's been unreal. Just uh, just looking, you know, right before I guess you say nine oh seven was when the 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 points were scored, but what about nine fifteen or whenever that score started? It was yeah. Uh, 14-7 Ohio State, or 14-7 Utah. Tavion Thomas scores with 9.07. Uh, Jackson Smith Najigba scores with 8.32. 8.17 is a 97-yard touchdown pass. <laughs> Another pass from C.J. Stroud, 8.02. 6.24 Cam Rising, 62-yard run. So in the span of less than three minutes of game time, there were five touches. It went from 14 to 7 to 35-21. Why even put the defense on the field? Yeah, I know, right? It's just been, I, yeah. I mean, if you look, the one drive was 15-10, but it was 35 seconds, 15 seconds, 15 seconds, a minute 38. <laughs> I mean, yeah, why? Just put dummies out there. Oh my God. But, I mean, both of the quarterbacks, uh, Stroud and Rising, I mean, yeah, they were they, dropping dimes in there to these guys. They it looked good. Just, yeah, it wasn't always a blown coverage. I mean, some of that was just straight beat. Yeah, well, the one thing, the one guy that I, I do want to give um, a shout-out to, and I want to see if I can find the name here, but uh, I want to say it was Britton Covey, who uh, who was playing, like, some wide receiver running back, and he was also playing corner out there because oh, yeah, Utah yeah, was yeah. missing so many corners. Yeah, they were down a lot of guys. They were yeah. down crazy. You know, Ohio State, obviously some of the defense, there were a couple of wide-open guys couple of weird defensive plays they, but they, overall they, 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 they sh- hey i'll give them this though they really they did tighten up oh yeah they the sec- signed up in the second the half second half time, was a lot better was, um but looking big demario mccall getting them all fired up at halftime but i mean 573 yards passing yeah. you know 347 oh, no. to one guy i mean uh, i i you hey know. hey jimmy Knowles is gonna he's making that two million boy <laughs> <laughs> he's been sitting up there I mean, they got the talent. I mean, you know, both teams had, to be fair to both defenses to some extent, had some boys out, like yeah. you said. I mean, I mean whether opt-outs, injuries, all that. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, Cody Simon was out, so I mean, a linebacker. They actually moved Kate Stover, was starting linebacker for Ohio State, who hadn't played linebacker in two years because he had been moved to tight end. Um, yeah, as we mentioned so, for Utah, they were playing yeah. a running back as, as cornerback. Who so that was got, part of yeah. it, too. But that was that was actually probably, I think when you think of, you know, some of those other bowl games are fun, but a lot of times it's like a max school and, yeah, you know, I'm not trying to... As far as like a prime time bowl prime game. prime time, the yeah. granddaddy, and you got Pac-12, Big Ten. I mean, that's not old school. That's not the O.J. Simpson, Woody Hayes, yeah. USC, Ohio I, State match. I, I, <laughs> I was like, you know, 17 to 10. Usually right. <laughs> every couple of years you'll get, you know, usually not as much, you know, in the college football playoff, except for the one, I guess, Georgia-Oklahoma game. You'll get one of these fun games, you know, like... Mm. Uh, yeah, I think it was Texas, Georgia, and the Sugar Bowl the one year. You mm-hmm. know, obviously there's the Boise State, Oklahoma Fiesta yeah, Bowl, but just there's that. usually one game like this, and it's not always you know forty something, but it's it's usually nah. a back and forth game, reasonably high scoring. So it's just fun to see, you know, especially on a New Year's Super Day fun. where a lot yeah. of the you know a lot of the fans were kind of down. I mean, most college football fans were probably hoping for you know not Georgia and Ohio State to see yeah. some fun game. Yeah, that was the medicine you needed after. Yeah, especially with uh, how some Alabama. of the other, especially with oh, how yeah. some of the other games went. Like you know, obviously tough to see in the the Ole Miss game, but and those semifinals again. Yeah, just complete. Well, I, I guess that's the other thing. I guess just to talk about one of the you know big announcers, uh, loved and hated by Ohio State fans. I would say Kirk Herbstreit. 
Uh, you know, again, ESPN getting on their soapbox about players playing or not playing in bowl games. And then the one, it, the company who ruined yeah, bowl that's season. Not, that's or, my thing. It's just before it's ESPN got involved, they used you to have like, like what they say. There used to be like a what was it, like ninety four, like eighteen teams once a bowl game. So yeah, it meant a lot even if you weren't playing for national title because you were still one of a select few teams. Now you're you're pulling teams up who are like five and seven to play yeah. games, and part of that's COVID. But even before you saw that, before COVID and stuff, they would. Have oh to yeah, I remember there were a couple of times where schedule. like yeah, Nebraska was five and seven and whatnot, but. And that's great for the kids. It's a fun trip for them. I have no problem with all the bowl games, but then don't get mad when there's guys who got millions of dollars sitting on the table. Yeah. Like, well, I don't want to play in the Boca Raton Bowl. Yeah. Like, or, I'm not going to risk blowing my knee well, up for Yeah, that. and I like, mean, you see it. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with that. Matt Corral was, uh, was a first-round pick who, you know, made – May lose millions, and of I dollars. feel bad for that because I was all like, I mean, I was all cool, pumped that he was gonna play. I thought that was great, and yeah. awesome. Awesome. And then and he was like the it. perfect example yeah. of why you don't. Though, yeah. At the same time, watching that game, you're like, and awesome. then you even look. I remember I was watching Central Michigan was playing. Uh, what was it? Washington State, and I I don't remember if the guy was his. I don't remember if it was his last year because of how seniors and everything were. Right. But there was a senior that got hurt. Looked to be with a pretty decent knee injury with like eight minutes to go and you go yeah you want to play in your last game but now you're going to be out of the program and having to just rehab while doing like normal stuff because you know a lot of these guys aren't going pro or anything especially you know i think you saw more of the argument this year just because like um you you look at like pitt who had you know mm -hmm. obviously pickett should opt out i mean he's first round quarterback that i think nobody's questioning that yeah but then when behind that you stack up stuff and you're sitting there with your third string quarterback praying that he doesn't get hurt and you're in this big bowl game. Right. Then that's where some people are like, Whoa. or you have, yeah. Or you have teams that opt out because even a couple of COVID cases when you're so weak at some positions, right. I mean, even looking at, you know, LSU versus uh, Kansas state, LSU got blown out. But if you just take a look, someone posted like an overhead shot where you can see both of the benches. And Kansas State's bench is, you know, pretty normal what you would see, you know, mm-hmm. like 90 to 100 kids. And it looks like kind of when you have like a D1 school play a D3 school right. in football where it's just like the, the sideline. You can see green, obviously, between all the players because there's so much room for people right. to spread out on the LSU sideline because they had so many people, you know, transfer, opt out, I mean, everything else. You know, I, and I people complain about it. People are upset a little bit. Not upset, people understood, but... You know, like Ohio State, for example, some of those guys opted out. But I was like excited because I'm like, yeah, I'd rather get to see Marvin Harrison Jr. Some of these young, some you yeah. get to see some of these guys who normally wouldn't get to play. Like, what are we gonna see next year? You're not yeah, gonna you be here next year. Yeah, you're right. not gonna be here anyway. Yeah, and it's, you know. Yeah, and the, honestly, the experience is probably good it's overseeing. You know, yeah, Olave, and you know, I mean, heck, you know, Olave is a guy that you know a lot of Ohio State fans are, are Browns fans, so one of those guys could be a Browns right, player. Where exactly. it's like, hey, see the new guys, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and for some, like, as we talk about, like, what bowl games mean and everything, like, take take the Frisco Bowl, for example. I mean, I, I want to give a shout-out to Miami here because they started their season one and three. They, you know, brought it all the way back, lost that brutal game in overtime to Kent State that would have sent them to the MAC championship. They bounce back, and they get the bowl win, the Frisco Bowl win against North Texas, and that gives them a winning record. Yeah. So, you know, for the mid-majors and stuff it's those things that yeah that's a big deal for a program especially like miami that's trying to build itself back i do think it's It's funny people are so jaded to the like you know it's miami it's the frisco bowl oh yeah but 
you know, it's still college. They're still college athletes. It's I mean, still the same thing. That's their Super Bowl. Right. For yeah. A lot of them. I, I mean, think it's funny, at, though, real quick, that, you know, North Texas, where they go like an hour. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I always like, crack up when it's some was of like, those. like uh, Tennessee Purdue. No. Because yeah. I went to the. I oh, went yeah. To the, uh, another good one. Yeah. That was yeah, a good I one. went to the Liberty Bowl, I guess it was two years ago. Yeah. And it was Louisville, Mississippi State, because I have a, you know, buddy that's a Louisville fan. So we went there, and it was pretty sparse. You know, I mean, it's bowl game. You know, the the top row is pretty, or the top section is pretty sparse. You know, yeah. in both sections, it was full at whatever it is, the Titan Stadium for it. So yeah, huge crowd. But just to see stuff like that. But I mean, you also look at you know, I mean, Minnesota. They've been a team that's been you know better in recent years. But some of these guys as freshmen probably didn't know if they would ever play in a bowl game. You know, Maryland has been a team that's been a doormat. Getting to see a huge, you know, fifty-four to ten win in a bowl game. You know, for a lot of these programs, you know, Georgia State getting a win, stuff like that. UCF over Florida. So I think it does mean something. It yeah. means a lot to a lot of the players. It's just go get that money, as they say. Right. Like you're gonna go get that money. So. Guys. I mean, here, my point is real quick. I guess I'm like, none of these. It's like, I would be upset eventually if it got to a point where some guy opts out of the semifinal or the national championship. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't know what everybody's getting upset yeah. about. Or yeah, or maybe you know, seeing a guy like. I mean, I guess you've even seen it happen. But if a bunch of guys, you know, nine games into the season opt out or whatever, but you've even seen yeah, that before. You've so. seen that, yeah. Um, so guys, I guess last question. Uh, you know, fun bowl season, but national championship. Georgia, Alabama, are you even going to watch? <sighs> Probably not. No. I no. might I might have it on. I, I don't think I'd be as invested. It's even even like a Michigan, Alabama or something. Like Even I, if it was a yeah. team, I, I would probably be. I'll perfect. check the score a few times on my phone. And, yeah, I'll uh, probably yeah check in on it, but I don't want to watch it. I don't want to get sucked into Katy Perry's halftime show. I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> but guys, you know what's going to be a lot more exciting than the national championship? The fact, Greg. Another random beer from Brewdog. Whoa! Random beers from Brewdog. A little bit holiday of like a random, random holiday. Most festive. of them are festive. Some yeah. of them uh, less so. But, you know, a bunch of random beers, ciders, seltzers, everything all over the board. So we have each had our first beer. Uh, I felt like all of us mostly, you know, the one thing that we will say is... Everybody has their own beer, likes and dislikes. All these beers are probably, or ciders, probably really good for someone. You know, I've had a bunch of Brewdog beers, and they're all really good. Some of them might be less appetizing, you know, just based on likes and dislikes. Some people don't like ciders. Some people don't like some stouts. There's some interesting flavors out here. So, so far through the first three beers, I think all three of us got IPAs. Obviously, all big IPA guys, so pretty safe. Real basic. Let's see if, let's see what can happen in the second one. Uh... Ooh. Zach, are you ready for your second beer? Bum, bum. Sure. Do it, baby. All right. Second beer is number 14. Ooh, right front, right in right front, front of my front face. Of uh, also All looking right, at number 14. Let's go, baby. Pete Rose beer. Jet Black Heart. Ooh, vanilla oatmeal. Whoa. Milk stout. Okay. It's a nitro milk stout. Dive into the dark abyss. Mm. I'm a... Guys, if you're also a fan of Brewdog, did you know up, that, sounds good. that there is a Brewdog Hotel you can stay at? The Brewdog Hotel. If you happen to be in the Columbus area, the Canal Winchester. Canal, let's not. Columbus area. Canal yeah. Winchester. 
Columbus, South, greater Columbus basically area. Basically the beginning of the, Southeast Ohio. The CW. Yeah. Uh, obviously, several tap rooms around Columbus, but probably like four or five in, in the yeah. greater Columbus area. But if you happen to need to stay in Southeast Ohio or are comfortable driving a little bit it's to get into the city. It's not quite Southeast. That's the beginning of it. But uh, there is the a, uh, it's called the Doghouse Hotel and Brewery. It's not only a brewery, it's a hotel. You get beer when you come in. You get beer. There are beers. We need to do a show from oh, there. That we do. Yeah, we do. We, we need do. to just stay oh, yeah. in a room. <laughs> we could go around and be those TikTok people that go places and just mm. are selfieing ourselves through the through the hallways and everything. Oh, It'll be great. All right. And we'll be drinking beer the whole time. Back to uh, our beer. Josh, you're up next. You'll be drinking beer number 19. Do we 19. still have 19 on the board? 19. 19. Right here. Right here. Watch from the... Oh. What'd you get? Ooh, oh, no. <laughs> Did you get? The we mint knew chocolate? someone was gonna get it. Humbug! I got mint humbug, the mint choco chip stout. Oh, so we both got stouts thus far. So, uh, and it, uh, my side thing is a colossal candy cane. So, uh, since I couldn't really fit fit the whole box in my fridge. Uh, beforehand, just to look behind the glass. I did have to put all the beers in my fridge for a little while, so I did get a chance to look at them. And I had mentioned a few of the, you know, there's like a cranberry seltzer. I mentioned, you know, I'm not really a big mint chocolate guy, mm -hmm. so I mentioned the mint chocolate porter, or mint chocolate are. stout is something that I wasn't super excited about. So Josh gets the mint chocolate chip stout. Yeah. I will be drinking number... Yep, still have it. 22. 22. So we both got stouts thus yeah, far. Yeah, we both. I'm sorry I don't have a tulip glass for you with God. you. That's a nitro, isn't it? Yeah, it is a nitro. Oh, wow. Yeah, you should feel bad. Yeah, I don't, I don't have fancy <laughs> glassware. You get my production assistant on that. Uh, Bricker? <laughs> we need, you need it. All right, 22. Oh, no. What'd you 22. Get? What is oh, that? No. What'd you get? Um. Anybody who's met me knows that I have a hatred of coconut. Oh. I got the coconut cracker coconut stout. Oh, three stouts. Three stouts. Wow. The uh, coconut treasure chest is what it says on the side. Oh. I'm curious. I'm not really not a big stout guy, but uh, I'm curious with vanilla and oatmeal. So. I will say, as far as can designs, this is the best. It's got this, like, uh, you know, kind of dark oh. orange brown, kind Ooh, of that like buddy, burnt I, orange. I can smell yours and from black over here. Holy shit! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh my! I actually kind of like this. I thought I'd hate this. This is mine's pretty. Uh, we've had a couple like oatmeal, kind of vanilla styles. That's, that's pretty, pretty what you'd expect for me. How are you feeling, Greg? Tastes like coconut cake. I just, I just, I can't stand coconut. Coconut cake? Yeah, like a, like a, I don't remember what it is. Like the coconut pastries that have like the little coconut flakes on it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, this is gonna be a tough round, I think. And, you and Greg, like the second one? No, no, I, I like it. It's, it's, it's just different. It is. I, these side descriptions are very uh, accurate. It is a colossal candy cane. Like I feel like I'm. I'm right. drinking like chocolate milk stirred, stirring uh. with like a big peppermint <laughs> stick. But it's it's not bad. I thought it would be very mint chocolatey in a bad way, but it's actually very nicely flavored. Anything, right? 
I mean, I've got fever fever. Oh, jeez. You're trying his coconut cracker? Coconut yeah, Because I know chest. he hates it. I, yeah. I, I usually don't mind coconut. I'll drink this one if you want to drink that. Okay. You guys are tradesies? Okay. We'll trade because I know he can't stand oh. it. If it was uh, oh, that's what I was gonna just say. about was like, anything else. We're but... about to talk about the Browns, too. I don't know if we want to oh, yeah. make him suffer this much. That's uh, a lot better, right? Yeah, no, yeah. that's fine. I, I this guess... actually isn't that bad. If you like coconut. Yeah, that's what I mean. If you, if like, you like coconut, coconut it's I pretty think good. it's good. Uh, the flavor afterwards was actually a nice sweet business, mm-hmm. but you just get the coconut up front and it just uh Yeah. I actually like this one. I'm actually glad we traded that to you. So uh there we go. Three IPAs in round one. Is it too rich for you? It's very sweet. <laughs> it's very sweet and minty. Three IPAs in round one, three stouts in round two. Yeah. We're gonna get me all revved up about the Browns. Yeah. And then we're gonna get into round three. At my dentist's office or something. <laughs> As we're on to the stout portion of the show, getting uh, dark. Enjoy, yeah. Get, things are getting, getting dark. dark. Things are getting in dark. Beer color and football, and and bleak and mental health for me. Yes. Uh, just a quick aside, because we're about to talk to Browns here. Uh, was watching Monday night's game. And uh, my girlfriend was sitting behind me, and she have a girlfriend. Yes, I know it's crazy. Uh, she looked at me and she said, "You know, you usually call these your mental breakdown, and this is like the closest that I've seen you to like literally going insane during a game. Like you were just yelling random things the whole time." And I was like, "Yeah, this is. I mean, this is late season Browns. Like this is pretty standard for, you know, last year." The Browns had, you know, one of the few good seasons of my lifetime. But normally it's like, right. you know, you're 4-11 at this time, and you're like, all right, just... Just a drudgery at just, that point. And this, or it's even worse where it's like, please win a game, you know, late in the season, which uh, is an even more thrilling, horrible <laughs> amount. Of, you know. hey, they gave Ben that very nice moment at the very at the end oh, of the game. Oh, God, I hated that. Uh, <laughs> I bet you did. Oh, God, it was, it was the worst. Watching that whole game. I mean, the first 10 minutes was me just script. I know my dad muted it and put on the radio because he was so tired of the, the Big Ben fest, that love fest that they were doing like out there. It was like 123 yards. Oh, right? my Yeah, God. yeah but they, every, every oh time they would... No, I know it's his last. Well, every time they'd come back, it'd be a new Ben graphic. I like how they were... <laughs> I don't get why he keeps toying with the idea, like, I may or may not retire. probably retiring. Like, you're retiring. Yeah. You are... Talk about someone else who's beat the shit. Yeah. That, I mean, he's well, no, I, Kane, well, I, I think like, he's trying to get this because the Steelers, I don't. I think he doesn't want to play for anyone but the Steelers, and the Steelers are like, no, dude, we're done after this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Did you see what he wrote to Dwayne Haskins? Or like he signed oh a jersey God. or something and said, I wish I could throw like you. <laughs> and I was like, that's probably the most like truthful thing he's ever said. <laughs> All right. So Sorry. Back to your. Uh, back to the Browns. <laughs> uh, we asked a question on our poll. Oh, yeah. Um, should the Browns have benched or sat due to injury? Should they have uh, sat down Baker Mayfield earlier in the season? 100%. Uh, they just sat him down. Uh, he's scheduled for surgery, not playing in their very meaningless Week 18 game versus the Bengals. Um, you know, started uh, 14 of the 16 games so far this season. Missed the one game because he got extra injured, and he missed the Thursday night game against the Broncos on the quick turnaround. Uh, Missed the Raiders game (laughs) because he was on the, he was on the Coco list. So 
you know, basically played 14 games, more or less played, you know, a full season because most seasons, you know, the season's up to this point where <laughs> the beating games. he took is worth like five seasons. Basically, yeah. I mean, what I think he got his he got the original injury in like week two or three. So, and that's where our poll our poll did say one hundred percent that yes, he should have been benched in the earlier season. But we had two options. Uh, it was yes after the shoulder initial shoulder injury week two in the Texans, or after he hurt his knee. In the Patriots game, um, right before the two weeks, that <laughs> after three he was, weeks before the or bye. after he was paralyzed three weeks later, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just just barely, uh, our listeners said that it was after week two. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what I'll never understand is that you have case it was key. a weird point in the season, and I don't know if it's because of the backdrop of America and not believing diagnoses, but um, <laughs> everybody was like. Yeah, he has a torn labrum. His shoulder's all like screwed up and well, everything. After a couple weeks later, he had the torn labrum, and then like two weeks later, he got hit on it again. It might have been. It was either the Bears game or just after the Bears game, and then it was broken. Yeah, or sorry, it was his left shoulder. But it like was everyone bro- it was agreed broken. on this. Right. And then yeah, and then it was like, yeah, he probably doesn't have to. He probably shouldn't play. Like even uh, what Bernie Kosar was saying. Yeah, you can't throw accurately with that sling on. No, because you can't. You can't. You can't, yeah, can't turn. It's can't it's it it's everyone so, was like, this guy's shoulder is injured. He's in a sling, and it's just like, okay, so he shouldn't play. No, no, he can play. So and apparently, like you said, it was a small miracle that he could play yeah. each and every week, which is just geez. So, I mean, if you just look since the bang or since the first Bengals game in the last six games, which things have really gone downhill, I, I think since then, because I think the Patriots game was the week after yeah. that. Um. Baker's had three games with multiple interceptions, four of those six games with under 200 yards passing, and only one of those six games he's been above 60% completion. Uh, since initially being held out of the Cardinals game, the Browns are 4-6, and 3-5 and five in games that he's played. And in the games that he's played, the team is averaging 17.6 points per game. If you take out the big outlier that was the 41-point game versus the Bengals, hey. they're averaging... 14.3 points per game. But hey, I'm saying it's an outlier. Hey, you know, you should be thanking me for that. That was the one Bengals game I went to this year. There you go. And held to <laughs> 14 points or fewer in five of those eight games. Yeah. So taking a look, um, basically since he got held out, which was I think after the second shoulder injury before the knee injury, so right before that Broncos game, <laughs> they would have just held him out for the rest of the year. The first six games... You have to specify what injuries. No, I know. Oh, yeah. the, the, absurdity absurdity it. the absurdity of this injury. Before this injury or that injury? <laughs> so in 2020, he was so 26 stupid. touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 63% completion. First six games, he was 6 touchdowns, 3 interceptions, 67% completion. He had a 97.8 rating. And that's quarterback rating, not QBR, which yeah. is different. You know, with... The last eight games, 11 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 56% completion, so 10, 11% drop, and his quarterback rating dropped 25 points. Um, I think your boy's undirty, the by other, the way. The yes. other Big oh, yeah. time. Oh, this, yeah. Well, well, I was reading about Stefanski's whole, he's been, like, throwing it on him. Oh. And then Van, Van Pelt was like, well, no, it's not his fault, but, like, Stefanski's like, I'm done with you, oh. which I think is obscene. Well, right now. So the one thing is, Baker had an issue in the last game because 
the Browns have what on their opening day, I mean, you have to play two tackles, but which as football is, but if you look down all the tackles <laughs> that they have, James Hudson would have been five or six on on the list of tackles. They were having him go one-on-one versus a guy who's about to break no, the yeah, sack record. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's stupid. May- Mayfield's right. I mean, all this stuff. Stefanski really shot himself in the foot this year, I think. Here's I, by not sitting him, you can say what well, he wants to play. You're the goddamn yeah. coach. I don't give a shit who and wants to and play. Here's what's, and here's what's play unless you want him to play. More detrimental, and a lot of people think that that I'm a Baker hater, and I'm saying this because I'm a Baker hater. I'm not a Baker hater, but I'm, what's happened to Baker is sad here because this was the. Correct me if I'm wrong. This was the first season in which he had the coach from the previous season, wasn't yeah. it? So this is the yeah. first time yeah. in his professional career that he has been with a coach for more than the length of one entire season. I mean, Freddie Kitchens was on the staff the right. year before. Yeah, yeah, but even when you look back at all no, the yeah. people that have no, been I'm his right. coach. He changed offensive systems the guys halfway had, through. The guy has <laughs> had no guidance, has had to learn all sorts of different offenses, none of some of which have not been good at all, and then have had no one's leading this kid or guiding this kid or protecting this kid at all. And now you're seeing something, something I thought I would never say. He kind of reminds me of when John Kitna filled in for the Bengals. And you just saw like complete regression because he was always going out there scared. I mean, here's a stat for you. Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow have the same sack rate. They get sacked at a 9% rate, which is bad. Uh, the Bengals pass protection ranks 30th. The, bound, the Browns' pass protection ranks fourth. So this guy's just kind of like, after the years of abuse and negligence that's put, been put forth on this kid, like, let's remind you, like, he is a young quarterback, and he's had no right. guidance, and now, years and years after this, he's so gun-shy that he doesn't know how to make decisions anymore. I, I, would, I would say yes and no. And I, I'll say... You know, Stefanski's play calling, especially the last three weeks. And the one thing is, with Baker being out and everything, like, his play calling has regressed and Baker has regressed. So I think it's made everyone look worse. Right. Yeah. Um, but the one thing is, you know, you looked at some of the knocks on Baker going into, you know, going into his career. And some of them was, you know, doesn't always see the field well, not great when he has to stay in the pocket. And he's had some issues, and there were, you know, tons of Twitter videos of him missing wide-open receivers, you know, throwing it into coverage after missing wide-open receivers. Obviously, the, the shoulder hurts, but he's been a guy that's, you know, kind of been able to use his arm strength to force it into some tough windows while instead of making the easy throw. You know, I've never thought he's been like a, like a world-beater of a quarterback, but I've always mm-hmm. thought he's been, you know, a steady guy that if you have the right stuff around him, they he can do. succeed. Yeah. That's why I but say it's on Stefanski, though. Look when they played the Packers, who have one of the worst rush defenses, and they kept going away from just handing the ball. That, that's what um, I mean. You have the offensive line, you know, that's been really beat up, but you also have bad play calling. And just calling to give you an worse. idea of how this Browns offense has been, an offense that people expected to score. Oh, yeah. High you expectations. Know, a, a, a billion points a game. If the Browns had scored, and I understand... This stat isn't, you know, 100% accurate because, you know, different scores in different situations, you know, defensive scores, teams don't score the same amount every single game. You know, even good teams have off days. Right. If the Browns had scored 17 points 
in every single game, which is what they scored against the Broncos with Case Keenum. If they had just scored 17 points in every single game, no more, no less, they would be the fourth worst offense in the league, which would just be ahead of the Texans, Giants, and Jaguars, but they would also be eight and eight today. Yeah. And that's if, uh, <laughs> if they had scored exactly 17 in the games that Baker had not played, they would be four and four, you know, with the three and three when Baker played one and one in the fill-in games, they would still be eight and eight. Yep. And if you could find your way to one more game, you know, one more win, which is possible because you got some defensive touchdowns in some other games, you would likely be playing for an AFC North championship right now. And that's how fine the line oh, yeah. is but that's- between good and bad. And that's why the whole franchise has to. That's why you have to look at Stefanski here, though. I just. Yeah, but they can't back, fire him. No, you can't. You, then that's the thing. They finally that's have the catch. The yeah, certain you can't do that. I'm not saying stability he be fired, in Cleveland. No, I know. Yeah. You have to look at that stretch where, because Greg, you made the great point that if they make those moves, they go to Case Keenum and everything. That you're at least playing 500 ball. Case Keenum, and best still, backup in the league. You're still keeping yourself in there in the division. And the stretch I look at is after when he hurt his knee too. You had the Lions, the Ravens, and then a bye week. <laughs> just go 500 there. Play case against the Lions. Hell, you could have maybe beaten the Ravens. You would have beat anyway. the Ravens. Yeah. Like, remember, Lamar Jackson turned the ball, had four picks in that game. Even Brown you, scored 10 points in yeah, that game. Even if you don't, you, you play that same team again two weeks later for some stupid reason. Throw two looking te- two different looking team. Case the one game, Baker yeah. the next game after he's rested for three weeks. That think- stretch of the season right there. Blew my mind the way the Browns I think handled it. The two things that they needed to do, that they have, have needed to do, and I think has always been an issue, is one, you needed to sit Baker, and I think we're all in agreement with that. Yep. Two, you have a coach who's also trying to call plays and is trying to do too much. I think you need an offensive, because Van Pelt isn't ready to call plays. Whenever I've seen him call plays, they've been pretty miserable. You need a real offensive guy in there. You need a real defensive guy there. And you need to let Stefanski be the head coach. Joe Woods has also been shaky at times. The defense has been pretty good. But if you just let a guy handle the offense and let Stefanski do the stuff of like, hey, I'm a head coach. Hey, you need to sit down. Hey, this is situational. Let the guy sit with the quarterback and figure out what's going on instead of trying to be a head coach and call the play. Let people I do think what they're good at. too much on one guy's plate. If Stefanski wants to be an OC, then be an OC. But you can't, you know, unless you're a guy like Sean McVay where you have an, you know, an old Wade Phillips or whatever being the DC who basically just runs half the team anyways. You don't even have to care about it. The Dick Cheney. Of your don't, Dick Cheney. Hey, don't, don't try to do it all because at this point, not everybody You're can failing hire Matt LaFleur. Not everybody can hire Matt LaFleur. You're failing at everything. That's what I'm going to say. Well, yeah, but you don't have a, you know, a, I can, you don't have a Mike Pettin on the defensive side. To help. God, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I actually did. liked Matt, Matt, Mike Pettin. I like Mike Pettin. I think he gets a lot of shit, which is undeserved. Oh, I, I just mean there have been so many bad Browns coaches in the last, you know. I thought Mike Pettin got the, the raw end of the deal when he got fired, personally. I mean, Browns, for them to take the next step, though, you have to be proactive as a coach. You have to look ahead. You have to see. The other thing is that by that point in the season, you knew that the Steelers and the Ravens were already 0-2 against the one division opponent that you would beat. So you right. knew that if you at least stayed afloat and went 500, yeah. or you should have known, 
that you're still in the division race. Like, yeah. it uh, blows my mind the way they handled I, November. Yep. The hard part is everybody's calling, you know, the big show's done or whatever, well, right? I guess that's but the hard part is that would be so Browns. Honestly, you ride them out, right? They already exercise this fifth-year option. You might as well ride them out next year because so, this yeah. is like the worst quarterback class. Yeah. Well, because so the way to get out years. of that money is yeah. trading him. And no You're not going to get anything for that, well, and you at, can't draft anybody. At home with Miles Garrett. Well, I, well, yeah. I was going to say, the only, um, the really the only like trade idea that I've seen out of that is something that I think what? would either put you in the exact same place or worse. It was like a swap for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and it was like, what is that really going to help? Wait, so, wait, so then would you have Kirk Cousins as the lead and then Case Keenum as the backup? How would that work? Yeah. I can't. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I think, as you mentioned, you know, you basically have the, I think Case might be on a one-year deal, but I think, you know, you have, as you mentioned, freak out and either try to trade him or draft a guy. I think you ride it out this year. I think the one thing that you would maybe do is if there's a free agent or a cheap ad that's like uh Oh, I think you bring competition. Well, that's what I mean. I mean if, I'm not saying that, if there's but everybody's like, a, like, well, get there's like draft a somebody else. Trubisky Who, or Who do you really want? Yeah, if there's a Trubisky, Garoppolo, someone just to bring in for competition. That oh, I would yeah, say. yeah. I'd bring Trubisky then, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's what sure. I... And if... It doesn't work out this year. But the other thing is... I'd also I think, try to keep Keenum. I think though. Baker has proven that, you know, maybe he's not a $30 million a year guy. You that you need to keep... You, you need, need Keenum. Keep, this is you scene. need to keep some... I don't want to call Keenum a... I, what I about guess, Nick Mullins? I guess he's earned it. Uh, you, you need a veteran presence in there. Baker needs help. Baker needs, like, someone... Bring some back to Rod. Veteran... Tyrod, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, look, Case Keenan, Tyrod Taylor, but they're two guys. They have been successful starters. I'm yeah, saying you yeah. want a guy that you know. That's why I said it was insane. They didn't sit him. You didn't have Tim fucking Boyle as your backup. You, right. That's what I mean. Case Keenan, who won 11 games, yeah. you have <laughs> one of the top backups in the league, no and me. one of the guys as far as a backup that's actually you know been successful. It's not like a Chase Daniel who's made a million, you know, made 50 I've million dollars, for but has only. Started six games. He has yeah. been to the playoff. You know, if you had, I mean, hell, even like a Nick Foles or something. But like Nick one Foles, of those guys, yeah. if you had him or Nick Taylor Foles or something. Case we could have a whole show. Yeah. Dope, by the way, Nick Foles. But, <laughs> so dope. I guess Andy the question Andy. that we have to to end it, we all agree that Baker should be benched. How so. much money do the Browns need to give Andy Dalt? <laughs> is, Forty-five million, man. <laughs> is what do you do with Baker? Ride it out extension or move a different direction you don't give him an extension you already exercise next year's anyway you you go to camp you get a keenum or something get some competition in there but you're gonna ride it out because the the draft sucks you can't trade who do you want who do you want ride it out not knocking des ritter but that's a project if there ever was one yeah can he pick yeah. it, really? Well, the, I mean... The other thing is, right now, the Browns are at 12. Was it Sam Howell? Like, so, you're... Pro- I, I mean, quarterbacks always get overdrafted. So, probably to yeah. get Pickett, who's probably like a late first-rounder, you'd probably have to overdraft in the first in the top 10. So, you'd probably have but to... But, I mean, if you see... Oh, there's going to be a quarterback goes in the top 10. But that's what I mean. And it's, it's going to be way bad. I mean, if, especially next year, when you have like a bad. crazy class next yeah. year. Right. That's why I think ride it out. you ride yeah. it out, and that way... You know, there are a lot of good guys next year. So, you know, our CJ Stroud. We're riding it out. We want to ride it out with Baker. Hit the polls uh, on Twitter at 30 Rack Sports. 
we'll have it out there. Yeah, ride it out, get rid of him, or, or something special. With our third and final edition of the BrewDog Advent Calendar, we, just out of luck, had our IPA round, had our stout round. Um, yeah, that was kind of weird. Very heavy, very, a little bit of a heavy round. All of us are, all of us are feeling a little bit full after that second I just, one. Uh, there's 24 beers, all these different sorts of wacky stuff in there, and then yeah, we got all. I, well, I guess I got the Vienna Lager. Oh, that's right, you got You guys had the IPAs, and then we all got stouts. Yep. Yeah. So Rigged. we are. Uh, good news though, still 18 beers left to choose. Uh, so, Josh, that's great. Have him do that. <laughs> Since Zach was a good sport, he actually gets to, to get the, the last pick in this oh, one. Uh, Josh, you will get the first pick in round three. Oh, wow. Let's see what your beer is. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Goes from 22 to 23. Whoa. So, Monday, uh, Tuesday, am I right? Yeah, I know. I actually know 24 is a seltzer, so you were one away from getting a seltzer. Oh, I know Christmas that. Eve seltzer. Wow. Shoot me. Can you imagine if you did this whole thing and you got to Christmas Eve? And I never did. I did one of those German ones. I think I made it to like... Oh! What'd you get? I got uh, the sister of uh, beer from the last round, it looks like. The Jet Black Heart Oatmeal, oh. oatmeal Milk Stout Nitro. Oh! I got the espresso, though. Ooh, that's probably espresso. good. Dive nice. into... The, I saw Dark Abyss, and I was like, weren't we just in a Dark Abyss? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so I will go second here. My beer is 12. Number 12. It's right there. I swear to God, if I get a salt, I'm going to be pissed. <clears throat> I get? got the Hazy Jane Peach, Ooh, the Peach whoa. New England IPA. Hazy Jane. That's nice. All right. It uh, says on the side embrace the opaque. Yeah. Opaque. Uh, Zach, you will get. The final choice of the night. <clears throat> Number three. Number three. Those nitro beers, Greg, when you open them on the I can there, they, yeah, it feels like you're like taken off into, yeah, well, I thought, like, yeah, was... into the stratosphere. What does he get? Uh, nice. Punk IPA. Punk? Punk. Punk. The beer that started it. Oh. Hey, yeah. All right. That's just the so, OG. Just so we get some fun. I, th- I feel like we have to do this for the viewers. Postmodern classic. 24. For He's the going boys. for 24. The, oh, sorry. This is a mold hard cider. Ooh, I'm sorry? Grandpa yeah. Smith. Oh, um, oh, oh, okay. A mold hard, hard cider. Oh, a mold. I thought you said a mold. A mold. So we're, we're all going to try that at some That's point. I, I thought you said sideshow bomb. Not sideshow bomb. <laughs> this one, actually, I believe, isn't a brew dog one. This is a hawks. Oh, what's hawks? What's hawks? I've, I've, Let's I've, find out. Well, all right. To the Peter crafter. Out to the Peter. Uh, hawks are an avian variety. <laughs> Uh, they come in many Actually, sizes and wingspans. It is, uh, it is a part of Brewdog. <laughs> uh, okay, it is. It's actually um, a subsidiary. It looks like <laughs> Hawks was brought out by Brewdog. It is a London cider house. Oh, oh, cool! That's fancy. That is. Oh yeah, we'll try that one. So we're all gonna try that one after. <laughs> 
just the smooth that it is an avian variety. <laughs> I'm too busy Ooh. trying to find answers <laughs> over here. Talking to hawks, hey, actually. Did you just Google hawks? <laughs> Nothing else. Just someone's someone's got to bring the uh, the creativity, if that's what you want to call it, to this show. But uh... so hawks, a medium sized journal bird of prey in the family Acapeteridae. You can't even pronounce that right. <laughs> So this anyway, this is hawks is a <laughs> hawks is a, div, a division of uh, a brew dog. It looks like it was actually originally started in London, so it looks like it was maybe bought out. Yeah, by like the, you uh, said, like a London city. It's got city cider to the core on the side. I'm of interested it there. to try that. Yeah, I like ciders. All right, I so like seltzer. So before we get to that, um, the beer that we actually pulled in the generator. Um, How's the espresso version of the Jet Blackheart? I bet that's pretty good. Yeah, it, it, I I, it's more like a coffee drink. Like it yeah. tastes like something you get in a coffee like shop. Like those, um, what are those? The Starbucks espresso, like they come in the glass bottles that you get. Yeah, exactly yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but it's got more of an. There's more of an oatmeal flavor. Mm. Oatmeal stouts to me, I just it, well, this is an oatmeal milk stout, but like some oatmeal stouts, I just it's not there. The flavor's not there at all right. for me. But this is actually. All of these that I've had, I thought the flavor has been right on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they've all been very good. Greg, what about that? Looks good. I'm pretty sure so, that looks. The one thing that I will say is, it, it actually the citrusy is kind of that peach. Mm-hmm. I think maybe even in the light speed, it kind of had that peach grapefruit flavor. So it almost kind of seems like the light speed, but you know, almost like drinking a a light beer versus a heavy beer, or you yeah. know, like a diet. Diet Coke versus Coke or something. It just got that extra punch to it where it's, you know, the hops a little bit more crisp and tight. You know, mm. it's it's not a hazy IPA. It's a New England IPA, so it's got that extra hop. The flavor bursts a little bit more, and you could tell it's it's just that much more heavy and boozy. Yeah. It's not that heavy and boozy, but just comparatively. So mm-hmm. it's a really good beer. Um, I will say the hot flavor on these IPAs is very, very good. They got, they got, yeah, it's very strong. If you, if you like real strong IPAs, I'd say it'd be a little weak. <clears throat> you know, those people who really like the, yeah, the state of Masochist or whatever. Masochist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the ones in the, the world, ones that you just get um, all the hops. Yeah. No, yeah, their, their hop players are very nice. But they're I feel like tight, it's very, very tight quick. and crisp. Yeah, yeah, it's crisp. There you go. That's a good way to put it. It doesn't linger too much. It's just there. That, that would honestly describe this, uh, the punk IPA. Um, I've never had this one. It's a session. Um, but this is, what else can I say other than if you were going into like an IPA brewing competition, I would imagine, and you know, they want to see you brew it perfect. Yeah. This is probably what you would give them to be honest Traditional session. Traditional session, right on point, crisp, tight, clean. You've got all the flavors that you would expect. Yeah. Um, I think punk IPA is a very traditional, but one of the ones that I was hoping to get, uh, the two that I knew off the top of my head were 24, and then my favorite brew dog is actually number nine, which is the Cannon Blast, oh, which yeah. is their uh, Columbus is Blue right Jacket here? beer. Yeah. I just want to get a look at it. Yeah. Let's, I mean, get, let's get a gander. So, Woo! Oh, that's a sweet. Oh, that's actually yeah, that's a really cool can. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't so know they'd have the Yeah, logo. it's like a full-on well, like, American Pale Ale. Columbus Blue Jacket. Yeah, it's that, it's that solid, like, you know, pale. It's got that slight hop that you get the pale ale, yeah. but it's just one of those, like, super drinkable... That's just cool. enjoyable yeah. beer. Yeah, that's cool. Quick side note. Can we please get a winter classic at Ohio Stadium? Please. 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 Oh, that'd be like, cool. Please. 
That would be cool. Uh, but as far as this BrewDog advent calendar goes, I wish uh, we could finish the rest of it. And who knows, maybe we will after the show. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, all of them, flavor-wise, right on point. You know, when you look at someone with the resources that BrewDog has, you expect very fine precision. quality, precision, yeah. and just the flavors themselves. I mean, everything else about the beer, great too, but the flavors, mm-hmm. very precise, very on style. Uh, yeah, and I think the one thing great, that great box, um, you know, really impressed me is you look at a lot of breweries, you know, and I mean, brewer, uh, most breweries do a, a wide selection of beers. You know, you know, they ten to twelve on tap or whatever. Right. But usually they kind of have their their Niche. pocket, yeah, yeah. where Niche. they're like, hey, we're an IPA. You know, I know one of my favorite is Urban Artifact. It does really great sours and whatnot. You know, I I knew Brewdog had you know their um, you know, their Punk IPA, their Hazy Jane, you know, Cannon Blast, which is Pale Ale, which is kind of similar. So I figured that was Elvis m- more, juice, yeah, Elvis Juice, which, yeah. is, which is more of what, um, you know, more of what I expected. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I expected to see maybe some IPAs. I didn't know I if it was going to be all Brewdog, but you get a lot of different ones. You know, we've gotten a few yeah. stouts. I was uh, impressed with the stout. Here. I was impressed. Yeah, with I was going to say, they've, they've really yeah. impressed across the board. Obviously, some of the flavors are kind of up to you. You know, if you don't like mint, a mint we type. We get it. Egg. You hate coconut. We've heard it. Well, if you don't like, you know, if you don't like seltzers, you're not going to like seltzers. No, but as far as, if you go into a beer and you look at it beforehand and you go, if this is a, if this beer is right, I should like it. You're going to like it yeah. every time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Zach, well, real quick, we'll get everyone's uh, BrewDog holiday ale of the season. Zach, you had the Santa Paws Grapefruit Cranberry IPA, mm-hmm. the Jet Black Heart Vanilla Oatmeal Nitro Milk Stout, and then the Punk IPA there. What's your holiday ale of the he season? He actually traded the Oh, that's the right. Jet you Black traded. I had the coconut cracker. Coconut cracker. Coconut Um, stout. Honestly, you know, I like my IPAs. I'm going to pull the IPAs out, though. I was very impressed. I'm going to go... The first co- time you'll ever hear me say a stout over an IPA. Yeah, I was very impressed with the stout. I like the uh, cracker stout. Cracker stout. Yeah. Coconut cracker stout for uh, Zach. Greg, you had the light speed, 99 calorie hazy IPA, the Jet Black Heart vanilla oatmeal nitro milk stout, and the Hazy Jane peach IPA. What's your holiday ale? Yeah, I would say, you know, any of the three of these, uh, I would... I think that goes without saying. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I would drink, but... Uh, you know, I've had a Hazy Jane a lot. Uh, I think the one that impressed me the most was was the Light Speed, the Light IPA. I was just, you know, amazed. Sometimes when you get low calorie, you expect them to almost be kind of watery, kind of a muted flavor. But I thought it was fully flavored, but also light at the same time. I was super impressed. And it's one of these where I'm really thinking if I have to go somewhere, you know, during the summer and I need a six pack to bring with me, this would be a great option so this is definitely something i'm going to commit to memory from now light speed light speed so we got uh we got the coconut cracker coconut stout the light speed 99 cal hazy ipa and then for me i had the mistletoe mafia festive vienna lager the mint humbug mint choco chip stout in the jet black heart oatmeal nitro milk stout espresso and I think I'm going to go with that one, the espresso. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see like the rest of this series, the Jet Black Heart series. It seems like it's, uh, since we got two of them in this one, it seems like that's their uh, their Nitro Stout series. But, I mean, it really, it's like drinking a pillow. It, it's oh, just yeah. like so fluffy and smooth in the flavor. Really, it's like a, like a, a 
Frappuccino or something. Right. I don't know if that's accurate. But, <laughs> <laughs> but all, all of them so good. Uh, rec- very, very much recommend the BrewDog uh, Christmas uh, calendar beer box for next year. For those of you looking for your beer boxes, those are our holiday ales of the season. Bang, bang. Josh, your Cincinnati Bengals officially clinched the AFC North for their first division title and first playoff berth since 2015. Uh, Right now, they're the three seed. Um, Could be anywhere between the one and the four seed, actually. Yeah. But based on where they are, um, the most likely outcomes for their... Uh, first round matchup, which would be in Cincinnati, um, would be the Colts, the Raiders, uh, the Patriots, or the Chargers. So, out of those four teams, which team would you be most excited to face, and which team would you be least excited to face? Probably be most excited to face the Colts. Uh, and a lot of people would say, oh, why would you want to face, you know, Jonathan Taylor and everything? And Bengals have one of the best rushing defenses in the league, top five. Uh, linebackers have especially, I mean, you saw it in the Chiefs game. Healthy linebacker core for the Bengals, they shut it down, um, you know, especially, especially run-wise. I mean, it is not the Bengals' defense of the past where you can just can run you, it down their throats. Can you, you handle Carson once? You can't do that anymore. Can they handle Carson Wentz? Maybe, maybe not. But they've proven. Look, after, <laughs> I after, love it. I love. It. I don't know, but after, maybe after Bengals seeing, defense is one of five defenses in the league that uh, give up less than a hundred rushing yards per game. Yeah, just to, I mean, they're they're a good rush, rush defense. Pass wise, I honestly, honestly, it's gotten better. I well, feel yeah, like every yeah. game. Um, I mean, you look at uh, form the former Buckeye. Uh, now running around in the Bengals secondary. Eli, Eli. Or Vaughn. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Jeez, get your shit uh, together. Von Bell. <laughs> I mean, Von Bell's always been decent for the Bengals. Eli Apple, when he started this year, I was just like, Yeah, Giants reject. I I don't know if this is going to work. This guy doesn't seem to have it, but he's probably been the player that's consistently improved week after week after week to where now. I mean, you got him, Mike Hilton back there. Their pass defense is fine. You look at what they were able to do against Patrick Mahomes and everything. Hmm. If you can do that to the Chiefs and hold them to three points and a half, then I really don't care who the Bengals play, um, which is weird. Like, I, I don't know. My, my whole – I don't know if it's because I'm still shell-shocked that they won the division because they were barely supposed to win six games. But – I, it's the first time in my life where I'm not really concerned if they win the first game or not because there I, go. there's not an opponent that's scared. There's one opponent that worries me, and it's not because of any of the players on the field, Bill, but the, the man on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, my Jesus former Browns Christ. coach, Bill Belichick? Yes, former Browns. I give up on that. <laughs> I will never. Don't work with that. Uh, what was that, 1980? You rejected him. What was that, 1989? He was never fired by the Browns. We want to put that in writing. Oh, my God. Another right. uh, So the one thing that I will say is I, I feel like if I was a Bengals fan, first off. You'd be a much gross, happier person. Gross. Um, Just by comparison. I, I think I would want to play the Raiders. 
I mean, dispatched the Raiders in Las Vegas pretty easily. Raiders haven't looked great. Obviously, they've had yeah. a lot of turmoil I'm on the Raiders year. train with that one. Um, the one issue that I would have... Someone's bound to get arrested over the next yeah, couple weeks one thing based that, on the way things are going. <laughs> Which team? The Raiders. Well, the Raiders now. The no, Raiders. They, they, it's this isn't weekly. the 2008 yeah, Bengals right. anymore. But, Vegas uh, has been as rough as I thought it would be That's what I'm them. saying, though. Like This team doesn't implode. They don't... They, like I trust, I trust them to play any of these. Opponents. The one thing that would worry me about the Colts is, you know, Burrow's been better the last couple of weeks, but the Chiefs' defense has been up and down. The Ravens' defense was obviously like very understaffed. Um, the Colts have thirty-three takeaways this year. They are tied for the league lead in. Uh, Turnover differential plus sixteen with the Green Bay Packers. Um, ooh, 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 so ooh, you know that's ooh, one of those ooh. things where a lot of times when the Bengals have had trouble, it has been some of the turnover bug. Uh, I yeah. think that would worry me. And then obviously, as you mentioned, uh, Bill Belichick is great at taking away your biggest strength, causing some issues. Uh, I actually trust Mac Jones over Carson Wentz. So I would say probably yeah, the Patriots and the Colts would be the two that I wouldn't want to play. The Chargers are a team that look like there's, there's the best team enig- in the league. Even quarter to quarter look like the best team in the league. And the Chargers like are too much of an enigma. Jaguars. I wouldn't want to deal with that. I, you don't know. But they that's could, what they I could mean. be atrocious. Like, yeah, but that, that, that's the thing. Like You're both right. Because when I And look, I spent plenty of time on the NFL playoffs. I think the Raiders and, make the most sense. And I sense. think the Raiders will end up winning that game. I, I, even even if the Chargers play the best football, they're just so... I don't know. Our one friend is a Chargers fan. I don't know how he does it. They're almost more frustrating than the I Browns. I want him to explain to me why like, he's a Chargers fan. You're, good. And then, you're, then we you're can actually go. good, but you still can't win. He, once he explains to me why he's a Chargers fan, then we can go down that road. But, oh, man. As a Packers fan, you have uh, a lot I have a of, perfect explanation but You have that. a lot of guile. I have a perfect explanation for that. But so. yeah, it's that you're a piece of shit that doesn't care about your home and why you're an Ohio State fan and not a. I mean, just we can go down this road all day. I told Greg a hundred times he just refuses to listen to the explanation. Yes, because I need, I need more Browns let fan him, friends. Let, I told you I root for the Browns for everything, but that's the only other team I will look up. I don't do any research on the Bengals other than when I happen to watch but, their games on TV. No, but I need you to be <laughs> emotionally invested and distraught. I like am. I, I'm not distraught about it. I'm sorry. I got the fucking Indian slash Guardians to do that for me. So right now, if you look what at... What was Josh? Josh wanted to finish I have no, I have no <laughs> okay. idea what I was going to say. Right now, if you look at the playoff machine... Uh, oh, yeah, that's what it was. Is, yeah, you can spend hours on the playoff machine, but you don't know what running back one, two, wide receiver one, linebacker one, linebacker three that this team is on that's going to have to go to linebacker four, five, or six. Yeah. You don't know... I, I mean, and that's the thing, is everyone's like, well, the Bengals probably aren't going to be the one seed. And it's just like, they could be literally any seed. Like, well, yeah. and it's just Any like, the well, top four. well, the Jets, the Jets would have to win and the Texans would have to win. This is like, yeah, have you watched football the past month? I think they could easily do that. I think uh, they, have you watched the Texans before? I, I think know. the AFC is wide open to me. And I think the NFC, there's yeah. like the top AFC three, teams have, but I'm saying have, the AFC is AFC everybody's teams, Some wide of the top in teams in the AFC yeah, have lost top three or four. Random I think games the NFC is pretty month. cut and dry top three or four. I mean, it's not. 
Like, I think Green Bay is very vulnerable, but we don't, but um, yeah, I, I just I, anything could I happen just think, uh, at this point. I think the AFC is completely wide open. Though. I could yeah. buy any of these. Whoever gets, I could buy. Yeah, because I I mean, right now, if you once again, most likely results, and as you mentioned, it's the NFL. Broncos have looked pretty bad. Probably the Chiefs. Uh, Texans are the Texans. Probably yep. the Titans. The Jaguars. God, I want Trevor Lawrence to be like Trevor. I, when are we going to do our Urban Meyer special? I have become a Jaguars fan just because I want Trevor Lawrence to be successful, and I have no idea what. Maybe it was our bet. Yeah, we have but, a bet, but yeah, and it it's going to hurt me even more because yeah. I don't. I want Justin Fields to be successful, but I don't. But at yeah, the same time, like I have, I have almost pseudo like picked up the Jags as like another team just because I want Trevor Lawrence to be good. Like it's it boggles my mind. But, you know, Patriots over Dolphins, yes, maybe no. But, not, I mean, uh, Bills over Jets, probably. I mean, if the Dolphins beat the Patriots, then maybe you could face the Patriots. But aside of that, it's probably going to come down to the Colts if the Chargers beat the Raiders or the Raiders if the Raiders beat the Chargers. So most likely you're going to get Colts or Raiders. I would probably pick the Raiders in that situation. But as you mentioned, if the Bengals win and the Texans and Broncos lose, you could be the one seed. You know, if since you're resting everyone, you have a bunch of people out on COVID, you could be the four seed and have to face New England or Buffalo. So a million different, you yeah. know, adaptations. I wouldn't want to face Buffalo. I'll tell you that for sure. Yeah, Buffalo is the one defense that worries me. But uh, like, and on, Josh Allen, I it just well, throws people out of the club. Their offense doesn't really worry me a whole lot. I mean, you're talking about a team that has nearly three wide receivers with a thousand re- receiving yards this year. Like, often I don't I don't worry about keeping up with any offenses. It's those things that like who can pick apart the one like Bill Belichick could pick apart the one weakness. The Bills defense could be the one to get to Joe Burrow. You know, there's little things like that, but overall, as a whole, like you like you said, Zach, all these AFC teams, by and large, are about the same right now. I'll take anyone. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's up for grabs. And, it is up and for grabs. We got what, we've got our first ever, uh, I, I forget what they're calling it, what, a super wild card weekend or something? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, they're going to have a Monday night Monday game. Monday night game, yeah. God, that's so miserable. Three, that days, three days of playoffs. That's I, stupid. I feel, because, I, like, I mean, last year was definitely an enigma having the Browns, you know, in the playoffs for the first time in 19 years. But having to wait all the way till Sunday was, like, Sunday night was, like, right. soul-crushing. Having to wait till Monday night if you're like really invested in the I team, which I mean, I guess Bengals fans really aren't in general, but oh, you know, I having to wait till I Monday. I think the is Monday just thing's so bullshit. That's stupid. Simple no, it's, NFL, you know, it's NFL overreaching we like to, get kicked out to like by the Jets or the degree. Texans Saturday afternoon. It's stupid. The old four thirty. Yeah, yeah. We'll take look, give us a four thirty loss. All right, we're gonna do our Ben Roethlisberger uh, segment on. Uh, congrats on. A great career. No, okay. I will walk out beforehand. <laughs> so, wait, wait, wait. Before we get out of here, Josh, expectations oh. for the Bengals in the playoffs. How far do you think they go? Uh, I think they'll make we'll, it to the... We'll go again next week, but... I think they'll make it to the divisional round. Um, you know, I and like I said, this is the first year where I'm just like, you know what, we're there. 
and that's that's enough for me this season. Like we were supposed to be two to three years away. We were supposed to win barely six games this year. To have the offense where it's at, to have the players that we have at the age that they're at. I mean, Chris Carter said it today. We're watching the best rookie wide receiver to ever play the game. And I hard to beat that after this. Hard to say no to that after watching Jamar Chase for the past month. Rookie season. I mean, Randy Moss would like a word. Yeah, even Randy Moss didn't. He only put up those numbers for a couple seasons, he and he was older. I mean, he had all the drops and whatnot. But uh, thirteen, thirteen targets, guys, six receptions, forty-nine yards versus the Browns. Are you guys giving us? Um, oh, what do I? Think? Dude, he just had like he just broke all these records. Give him, don't give me shit about the Browns right now. Uh, no, I'm I'm gonna keep talking shit all the time because Bengals fans are are in their bag right now, and I'll tell these people that said I'm not gonna care about the Bengals this year, and I've had it up to about fucking here. Um, I'm sorry, you haven't won the division say, since '89. <laughs> sorry, I haven't won a playoff game since '89. I mean, <laughs> what do you want from me? Right. Some of us. All have been right, in the all right, but. Um, <laughs> I would say it depends on the, you know, I would say next week I'll have, I, I would give them 50-50. I would say, depending on the teams that they play, I would say they have a chance at the divisional round. I would say if they get an NFC West opponent, which would be the Chargers or the Raiders, I like their chances. If they get the Colts or the Patriots, I don't like their chances. But I would say I would say 50-50. I would say they're a matchup team because, as Zach said, the AFC has a bunch of teams that are, Good, but not exactly like a world beater team. I, I might like, even give them fifty fifty. I'm gonna I'm gonna too. say it this way, and Josh, this isn't for you. I hope they win. Just I want you to have something, you know. After the cotton. Oh, bowl. dude, I've got. I want you to have something. I, I want That's you to thing, have something. Though. We like we um, got to the cotton bowl. Like. But I know, but I, I want you to have something more. Uh, but honestly, I it's just Cincinnati, and it's I don't fucking buy. Zach Taylor looks like a 13 year old boy who was given. Control Gosh, the mall. Second, like, second he coach, shouldn't be in second coach to cry this year. Yeah, he shouldn't be doing. Like I just think they'll. If they fuck had Dan Campbell, up. they'd be thirteen and three right now. Holy crap! I just think it won't be. It won't be any of the players' fault. I think they'll. they'll it'll be Cincinnati. No, they'll yeah. screw it up in some epic fashion. And they'll lose. Like I hate to say that. That's that's my gut feeling. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Ah, I don't know. I feel. I like, don't hope that. I'm not praying. I feel that. like if I there's a year that's... to do something, it might be this year. It might year, be. Yeah, but yeah. I also. I don't, you know, you got to like prove me wrong. You got to prove me wrong. I thought a lot of those bought into a lot of more of those, uh, you know, Andy Dalton teams back in the day, and they can never. They seem to be able to make the big play, so we'll yeah, see. They're, they're yeah, explosive. I mean, they're I'm explosive. All I'm all for it. Well, maybe after next week, we'll put up a poll. How far do you think the Bengals will get? Wild card round, divisional round, championship round, super bowl. Let us know at 30 Rack Sports. All right, we end our show as we normally do. Uh, you know, shouting out our brewery of the week. And, you know, this week was a little bit different. Um, doing the brew dog, uh, you know, advent calendar. But I, I think I can speak for all three of us when I say we had a, a blast drinking these different beers. You know, it was fun just picking out some random beers, uh, getting some different flavors, you know, kind of getting out of our comfort zone. Uh, really enjoyed, you know, 
the three beers I drank, I think we, we, you know, we all enjoyed the nine beers that we had total. Uh, plus, as we're bringing around our cheers, I think we're going to pass around a little, little Granny Smith, little Grandpa, sorry, Grandpa Smith, um, mold hard cider. So, uh, but of course, want to shout out Brewdog. Uh, just a wonderful advent calendar. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's fun to see these stuff during the seasons. Also, want to give a shout out to everyone that listens to 30 Rack of Sports. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, you know, we'll be back on a more regular schedule uh, coming up. We've got, as Josh and I were talking before the show, so many good beers to drink. Uh, next week, um, I will be paying off my bet from Christmas Day. I've got some wonderful uh, Magnum malt liquor ready to enjoy. Um, Josh and I, because of the backup quarterback fiasco, will not be doing the Browns-Bengals bets. We will find something coming up soon to put a bet on. This is like rock, paper, scissors. No, we're going to find something very stupid, like some insignificant game that we're going to be very invested in. Maybe like a, ooh, we should do a Mac basketball game at some point. Oh, yeah. That's what we'll do. We'll do a Mac basketball game sometime in uh, late January, early February. Um, so once again, want to give a shout out to uh, all the fans, 30 Rack. We'll be back on our regular scheduled programming, give you all the shenanigans you want and love. So to give our uh, cheers for the day, we're going to start with Zach, who enjoyed the Santa Paws Coconut Cracker and Punk IPA. I did. Thank you. And, you know, I want to give a cheers to a, a man born and bred in Ohio, educated in Ohio, but yet has been a thorn in Ohio's side. Big Ben, you know, winning his last game, two-time Super Bowl champion, uh, looking to, looks like he'll finish his career against the Browns at 26-3-1. I believe that's... Third or fourth all-time best against one and opponent. And against the Bengals at 24-10. and 10, uh, Quite the thorn. Um, not a lot. I have a little bit of respect. You know, his couple. he has two Super Bowl losses, by the way. Yeah, I know so. he lost to the Packers. He, like, <laughs> he lost to the Packers. But, uh, uh, hey, it's an Ohio podcast. Born in Lima. Raised in Finley. Educated in Oxford. We hate everything about everything I just said. I'm aware. God. But, uh, Lima and Finley. I almost feel bad for him. Happy trails. Hopefully we don't have to hear from him again. There we go. Also, the Grandpa Smith is like a, it's like an it's angry good. orchard kind of on like Ooh. steroids. Like it's a little oh bit God. heavier. Ooh. That's what I mean. It's like that an angry orchard. No, I don't know what it, it is. No, it's like, it's like an angry orchard fireball. Yeah. That's what it is. That's, I was trying to figure it out when I first had the sip. Um, my shout out. You had one. No, oh, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, give what, it a when, sniff. Yeah, give it, give it a sniff and a swig. Uh, my shout out is going to go. Uh, you know, during a a year of a lot of kind of disappointment and turmoil in Cleveland sports. Uh, you know, the Indians changing their names to the Guardians wasn't always great for people. You know, a little bit up and down. Uh, the Browns obviously a disappointing season. Having a team, you know, a young, fun team that people can watch again and seeing, just seeing people talking about the Cavs. Because I've, I mean, I, I think I've said it enough on this podcast, you know, as a, basically a masochist, um, I've watched the Cavs over the last couple seasons. You are. And I've watched them, you know, through basically lows and lower lows, I would say, over the last few seasons. 
uh, just to see fun basketball and just to be able to turn on and be, you know, they lost to Memphis last week or Memphis yesterday. And watching them was so, you know, a great time. They look so good. You know, Allen looks to be an all-star. Garland looks to be an all-star. Mobley looks to be like he can be a rookie of the year candidate. And it's just so much fun to watch the Cavs. So I just want to give a shout out to, you know, the Cavs and Cleveland basketball and what the organization has done, you know, to finally get them back to just being a fun team. Cause I, you know, you can hope your team is a NBA championship contender. And unless you're the Lakers or something, you know, it's not going to happen most years, you know. Right. But just having a team that's fun to watch and interesting to watch and just a team where you go, you know, hey, the Cavs are on tonight. I'm excited, not just, I'm gonna tell ah, you this. I guess I'll have to watch the Cavs. I'm going to tell you this as a, uh, I, won't, I won't claim to be a Cavs fan. They're who I root for in the NBA. I'll give you that. I've already watched like four games of theirs. And they're fun. No, that's what I mean. They're fun. But normally I don't watch anything till like February. So I've already watched. Yeah, no, they're fun. They're exciting. It's awesome. It's uh, what they're doing there is how you build a team. It's exciting. Yeah, need, a, I, need a few more years, I think. Yeah, but. I mean they're a team that you know you hope to see in the playoffs. The talents there, but I mean, yeah, crazy. they're they're a talented team, and they just you know they just have guys that just do stuff that makes you go like wow. So yeah. it's just you know it's it's awesome. It's, it's fun. a fun team to watch in win and loss, which is much better than the past when it's been a disappointing team to watch in loss and blowout loss. Josh, what about you? Uh, guys, I'm going to give a shout-out, and it's really unfortunate that I have to give this shout-out uh, because he is, is seriously one of the best in the biz, one of the people that I've grown up with, um, one of my go-tos for baseball content. Uh, Ken Rosenthal, cheers to him, is going to land somewhere on his feet just fine after being cut by MLB Network. Um, oh yeah and i don't often get this vulgar but my, rob manfred can go fuck himself i mean this you're gonna get fired this guy is one of the most detrimental individual figures to any organization i've ever seen before i mean it's just well bud Selig. i mean he, that's his lieutenant. i hated bud Selig. oh i did too <laughs> i saying. hated but bud this Selig. is little this and is, this guy yeah. is literally destroying the fabric of the sport bit by bit Every day. I mean, if you can't handle a sports writer, uh, this is right up there with some of the like old stuff that the Reds used to do, bickering with Marty about what he'd say for the players. Like, if you can't, you're you're a commissioner of a sports league. You can't handle handle a writer saying something bad about you. It's when he's just, employed by your network. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, that's I what, it's becoming sports. It's becoming like no, sports yeah. propaganda, like sports state agency news. And oh yeah, uh, it, you know. Chris Rose landed with uh, John Boy Media. I'm, ho I'm hoping that's where Ken Rosenthal, Rosenthal goes because, I mean, those guys do great stuff for baseball. And Ken Rosenthal does great stuff for baseball. Maybe he'll go to the Athletic or something like that. But just, it's widely, I feel like it's widely considered he's the best. Oh, I love Ken Rosenthal. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's, just, he's just your, like, regular professional writer. Like, he's not yeah. one of those guys that you, like, this. it's just like, but yeah, this is what's going he's on. He's very professional. He knows has so the much integrity. He, uh, yeah, but that's exactly. what I mean. Yeah, he's going to say good, bad, or otherwise. Right. Like he's just he's right. just one of those guys that you know you're not going to get the emotional one from him. You're going to get no. this is what's happening. Yeah, he's, like good, bad, or otherwise. He's, he's like yeah. To make to make a loose comparison, he's like Adam Schefter of baseball, kind of like you know. Yeah. You know you're getting the. good He's stuff not the from Brett the McMurphy of uh, baseball. Oh, yeah. 
I just want to get one. So I in wanted there. to give a uh, shout out to yeah, Murphy. God, mm. uh, wanted to give a shout out to him because he's a great writer, great thing for baseball, yeah. and that's awful what's happening. To him. Will we ever and, talk about baseball again? And that reminds me, uh, one final <laughs> shout out. This was the shout out that I was that reminded me. Want to give a shout out to um, you know lifetime Cleveland Brown, uh, fifty years in the organization, you know playing being with the organization and being the color commentator uh, retiring after the season is Doug Deacon, yeah. who was, uh, you know, the color voice of the Browns on the radio, him and Jim Donovan are, you know, voices that are synonymous with the Browns for me. Um, you know, I grew up my, uh, you know, grandfather doesn't listen to the games on TV. He listens to it on the radio with, with Jim Donovan and uh, Doug Deacon, you know, before all of the red zone and whatnot, my dad used to have the Bengals on TV, but would listen to the Browns with Jim Donovan and Doug Deacon. And it took me two years to realize what was going on in both games at the same time. You know, it's like a six-year-old. But he's just a voice that is synonymous with the Browns. Uh, you know, it's been a guy that's been there through good, bad, or otherwise. You know, seeing the emotion that was on him and Jim's face when the Browns finally made the playoffs is just, you know, was just something that has stuck with me, uh, you know, was a really great color commentator. You know, Cleveland, for the most part, has been blessed, especially on radio, with just a bunch of great radio guys. You know, uh, of course, the Indians with Hamilton. Uh, and, you know, Tom Hamilton, uh, best in the best. For, for a while, you know, John Michael, who had to take over Fred McLeod, but John Michael and Jim Jones on the, on the Cavaliers radio network, all really great, but he was one of the staples. So just... Shout out to him in retirement. And the one thing that I hope is that, you know, we can get, you know, even a comparable replacement, you know, uh, a lot of great former players would love to just see, you know, someone who just brings the same excitement, enthusiasm, and some of the great stories that, you know, um, Doug Deacon did. Cause I think Zach, uh, Zach Jackson, who writes for uh, Cleveland put it, in the best way. He said, you know, I wanted to narrow down my favorite stories that Doug has ever told me. And, you know, right away I was able to narrow it down to only 75 stories. So, you know, shout out to Doug and, and his future. Um, I think that's going to do it for us uh, on 30 Rack of Sports. We will be back next week. Uh, we've got, as we mentioned, plenty of good beers. We'll be here to talk as basketball starts to get going more with the college football season wrapping up. Get you updated on the Cavs. Get you updated on what's going on with the, you know, Buckeyes, Bearcats, Mac, Horizon, everything yeah. around there. Uh, you know, get you updated on the Jackets, and then also prep you for that big Bengals wild card game, depending on who they're playing. So we'll be back next week with another great beer and another great time for Zach on the opinions, good, bad, or otherwise. See ya. For Josh on the ones and twos. I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack of Sports. Peace.